The focus of this parak, this chapter, is the laws of chibur, literally connection, and when there are a number of different items that are stuck together, whether we view them as being separate items or as being like one individual unit. The difference that it makes is that if a source of impurity touches just one of those parts, do we view it as if all of the items have touched the source of impurity? And they all become Tome, or do we view them as being separate items, in which case they're definitely not Tome on the same level as the part that did touch the source of impurity, and it would depend on how high a level of impurity the source was for how much the impurity can be transferred onto those other items, but we view them as being separate items and not being one individual unit. The reason why this is being discussed over here in Maseches Tavul Yoim is because there are a number of leniencies within this area of Tumor law that applies specifically to a Tavul Yoim, somebody who has been to the mikveh in order to purify himself from the impurity that he had, and yet it hasn't yet reached the end of the day, and because of that there remains with him a small level of impurity that is similar to the level of a Shani Latumar. But since this is only a residue of the impurity that he once had, there are a number of leniencies that apply. If somebody, a Koyain, receives a number of pieces of dough of khala, which is the portion of dough that one is obligated to separate and give to a koyain, and the status of the khala is similar to truma, so it can become tome even as a shalishila tuma, so if a tavul yoim touches khala, he would make that khala tome as a shalishila tuma, three levels lower than an avha tuma. So if the koyain, if the koyain brings in different pieces of khala that he has received, it hasn't yet been baked, and he piles them up together, without the intention to separate them later on and bake them individually. If he had that intention, then we saw in the previous Mishnah that according to Beis Hillel, even if they end up getting slightly stuck together, we do not view them as being like one individual unit. But in this case, he didn't have that specific intention to keep them separate and to bake them separately. If one bakes a truma cake, he's got a batter or a dough that is made from truma produce that he received, and he put it in the oven, and then he placed another one of these cakes in the oven on top of it. Once the first cake had already formed a crust in the oven. Since it's already formed a crust, by placing the new cake on top of it, there's not really a danger of it becoming like one cake, even if it gets slightly stuck together, but it will still be two separate cakes, which he'll be able to serve separately, which means that when he places it in the oven, he doesn't have this specific intention to separate the top dough from the bottom one. Later on, when it comes to it, he'll take it off of the one which is below it, but he doesn't have the intention that he needs to make sure that it doesn't get stuck to the bottom cake. The bubbles on top of water that is boiling, if the bubbles are not hollow, they are thicker, and it's not really a recognizably hollow part of the froth on top of the boiling water, so it's easier to view this all as being connected and, and very much a part of the water itself. The foam and the froth that rises on top of crushed beans that are being boiled for the second time. These beans would be boiled a number of times to make them softer until eventually the froth stops being like lots of bubbles on top of the beans, but it ends up being a part of the beans and it forms a porridge 
And each time that it's boiled, the froth becomes more connected to the rest of the mixture and the beans become softer. So already from the second time that it is being boiled, the foam is more connected to the rest of the mixture than the first time. Or when wine, which is old, ferments and froth forms on top of it. And oil, which is naturally thicker, and therefore whenever it is boiled and there is foam or froth that forms on top of it, that is always relatively thick, it's not hollow, so it's easier to see it as being a part of the rest of the oil. When lentils are boiled, again in order, in order to make a type of porridge, even from the first time that it is boiled, it is the, the, the foam is already very much a part of it. It's not like a total separate layer on top of the rest of the lentils. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Afshal Teifach. The same applies to Teifach, a type of bean, a type of legume. Tameim betvulyoim. In all of these cases, the item itself, the porridge itself, or the lower cake, would become Tomei, even if the tvulyoim only touches the part that is on top. Because in all of these cases, we view it all as being like one individual unit. And if that's the case for a tavul yoyim, then Needless to say, the same applies for all other types of impurities, which are more stringent than a tavul yoyim. We would view these items that the Mishnah mentioned as being like one individual unit. Just by the way, one of the examples of the Mishnah was the bubbles that form on top of water. Now, water can never be considered a truma, so how is it even relevant to talk about a tavul yoim touching the water and making it tomei? The answer is, we're talking about water that has been designated and set aside specifically in order to be used together with truma produce, and that has significance in that whatever would make truma tomei would make this water tomei as well. Mishnah Gimel. Often, in the times of the Mishnah, not everybody would have their own private oven, and they would bake their bread with using ovens that were jointly owned by a number of people, or they were publicly owned, or they would give their dough to the baker for him to bake it, and because of this, they would usually make the bread in a particular kind of shape, or they would add, they would stick something into the dough in order to make it recognisable that this is his bread as opposed to being somebody else's. Masmer a piece of dough that is hanging off of the end of a larger piece of dough, a piece of bread, that one shaped in the shape of a nail in order to make it recognizable that this is his piece of dough. She'achar kikar, it's attached to behind on the back of a piece of dough, a piece of a loaf of bread that is already baked in the oven, the gargar melach koton, a small clump of salt that wasn't ground like regular salt, and it's hanging off of some bread. And when the mission says that it's small, that means that one would be prepared to eat it together with the piece of dough. He would take a bite into the bread, and he wouldn't necessarily take the salt off before biting into the bread. The charchor pochis etzba. Burnt bread, if it is less than the width of a finger, it's less than a finger breadth. So again, one wouldn't always necessarily take it off of the bread before biting into it. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says that there's no fixed amount. It depends on that particular person. Any burnt piece of crust that he would eat with it. We consider that to be like a part of the rest of the bread, but if you would take it off before eating that bread, then we would not consider it to be a part of the bread, but it depends on, the, on that particular person, not on what regular people generally do. 
beer as it may, in all of these cases, the piece of the bread that was shaped in a particular way to be recognizable, the small clump of salt and the burnt piece of crust, we consider them to be like a part of the rest of the bread, even if a tvulyoim touches it, meaning if a tvulyoim touches just that part, the entire piece of bread will become tome as a shlishilatuma, and the same vice versa, the insulatumais, and needless to say, the same applies to any other source of impurity that touches a part of this bread or that touches the clump of salt or the part that was mentioned in the Mishnah, it would make the entire loaf tome. Mr. Dalad had Kikar, a pebble, a small stone that was placed in a loaf of bread in order to make it recognizable that this is his loaf of bread. The Gargamelach Godoil, a large clump of salt that was connected to the loaf of bread. This nobody would eat together with the bread. They would take it off and only then they would eat the bread. So we don't consider it to be a part of the rest of the bread. The Trumois a type of herb or vegetable that is pretty much inedible unless it is cooked very extensively. But somebody placed it into his dough in order to be recognizable that this is his dough. A piece of burnt crust that is wider than a finger breadth. This, generally, people would take off of the loaf before eating the loaf. Rabbi Yossi says, It doesn't depend on, there's no fixed amount, but it's a piece of burnt crust that would never be eaten by that particular person together with the rest of the loaf, or the rest of the piece of the bread. According to Rabbi Yossi, there's no standard amount, but it depends on each person. In these cases, it would remain pure, even if a av touches it, that is to say, we view it as being separate from the rest of the loaf. If a source of impurity touches one of these parts, it would not make the loaf tome. And it could also be that, to the extent that this is not considered to be a part of the bread, so we don't even consider it to be something that can become tome. It's not truma itself, and therefore it would pretty much remain pure. And needless to say, if a tevul yoim touches one of these items, we do not view it as being a part of the bread, and the bread would not become tome as a result. Mishnah hey, has kusemes, a piece of barley or a piece of spelt, in a case where they have not been peeled, and because of that, it's pretty much inedible. It's true that if somebody doesn't have anything else to eat, so he would be prepared to eat this, but if he can help it, he would not eat it, and therefore we basically consider it to be like inedible food. And being that it's an edible food, at least for a human being, it would not even be able to become tome at all. I'm not even talking about regular truma, food that is not edible, something that is not considered to be human food. Even if it's animal food, it cannot become tome at all. It's not something that is fit to become tome. Another example is hatia, these are different herbs that are sometimes used as seasoning but they're never eaten as foods in and of themselves. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, even black afunim, a type of bean, this is used as a medicine as opposed to a food item. All of these things, if they were by themselves, then their status, as we mentioned, is not considered to be food. However, since in a difficult situation, one would be prepared to eat them, we do therefore consider them to be food, and they can become tome. However, if one of these things are stuck to the end of a loaf of bread, which is truma, since midairaisa, it's not considered to be food at all, so we would not consider it to be a part of the rest of the bread. To if a avhatuma touched them, 
as they are connected to the rest of the loaf, but the source of impurity did not touch the loaf itself. The rest of the loaf would remain pure because, according to the strict letter of the law, it's not really considered to be food. The and leads us to say the same applies if a tvulyoim touched the item, we would not consider the loaf to have touched the tvulyoim. Divya Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi but the Chachomim say it's true that to Hoyim the loaf would remain pure if a Tvulyoim touched one of these items that was connected to the loaf. However, the loaf would become Tomei if a different source of impurity touched one of these things that was connected to the loaf. Because according to the Chachomim, this is a leniency that we apply specifically to the lenient, weak level of impurity that Tvulyoim has. But for regular Tumor, we go according to the Medjabonon, that we do consider it to be a food item. And the same applies over here, since Medjabonon is considered to be food, its connection to the loaf is considered to be something that considers it all to be like one unit. A piece of barley or spelt that has been peeled, wheat, whether it is peeled or not, it is considered to be edible even for humans, even before it has been peeled. Haketzach, a type of seed that was sometimes added to bread. Vahashumshum, sesame seeds that were added to the loaf of bread. Vahapilpel, pepper that was added to the bread. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, Afafun melevonim, even white afunim, a type of bean. Tmeim betvulyoim, if a tvulyoim touched them, when they were connected to the loaf, the loaf would become Tomei. And needless to say, if a different source of impurity touches them, the entire loaf would become Tomei, because since these are regularly added to the bread, or even in the case of the wheat, since it's considered to be something that is edible, it's considered to be food, we do view it as being a part of the bread. It's all like one unit, and therefore it is a chibor. It is a proper connection to be considered one unit, and the loaf would be Tomei.